Hey, it's your boy Dyer Lansky. Welcome to What's the Word Podcast. And today we got a very, very special guest. Obviously, you know him by name, but he's legendary in this game. Good friend of mine and a good friend of hip-hop, PMD. PMD, how are you today, homie? Yo, doing real good. How are you? Just blessed to have you on the airs once again. You know, we we obviously had the Die For radio campaign, which you, which you were very involved in a few years ago. But I'd like to welcome uh, you to our to, to our new one. You know, what's the word podcast? I couldn't imagine having anybody better than you on one of our first shows, man. No, I appreciate the invite for real, full circle. So I get, you know, I guess we'll get started. What what's new in the world uh, in this fourth quarter of 2019 with PMD? Yo, a whole bunch, you know, uh, just tightening up the Hit Squad music group and the releases for that, you know. Uh, I just released that album, Mr. Slow Flow, okay, so that's out there moving from the solo project. Before that, I had the Business Mentality album, all right, and then now I'm working with a very talented young man by the name of RJ The Realist, and uh, this kid is good, you know, I haven't been like that inspired since like DOS Effect, Redman, EPMD, the K-Solo days. So we're just prepping in November. Uh, Mr. Slow Flow just released, so you can check for that on Hit Squad Digital. Okay, the business mentality, that's out there streaming. And then this Thanksgiving, I'm dropping Mr. Slow Flow 2, which is another album. And then I'm going to drop the RoboDoc mixtape for the Hit Squad Music Group, showcasing the new artists that I've been working with. I say, and where's, where's your new artist from? Uh, RJ The Realist is from Strong Allen. Amityville, like one town away from Rakim and two towns away from Brentwood where EPMD comes from. What was it like in 2019? I don't know. I know people kind of ask the same questions sometimes, but in, in, in this world where the information, it, you know, moves so fast, how how is it to try to push an artist nowadays? Uh, you know, everything wants to meet. Everyone wants immediate gratification. Uh, you know, one single's not enough. You know, people are kind of over it within a couple weeks. You know, it just the information moves so fast. How is it for you in 2019 to try to, uh, you know, bring a new artist into the game? Well, it's fun for me because I understand exactly who I am. That's the beauty of uh, my journey and working with people like yourself through the elevation, through the um, through hip hop evolving from back in the day everybody was on the outside and just prayed to be able to be a part of this big phenomenon okay so from back there we went from the independence to the mergers to the majors and then now the digital era but within that epmd was blessed to be one of the pillars to come in on their own in 87 with it's my thing your customer then drop strictly business and get blessed to be invited on the runs house tour then from sleeping bag get blessed to go on to death jam and then now in this digital era because we tour so heavily this is the era of content so we're out there a lot so in america we body and shows Yo, in Europe, we was out there bodying shows and we're heading back out there in 2020 uh, towards the end of February to celebrate the 30th anniversary of business as usual. So this year was the 30th anniversary for unfinished business. Last year was the 30th anniversary with the celebration of the Ewing sneaker of Strictly Business. So all that work I did back there in the 80s are now coming 
to fruition and headed into the year 2020. So long as we're out there on the road, to make a long story short, and you're in front of the fans with your merchandise and you're talking, then it's a lot easier to present a new artist who's physically there with good music and coming up under the same regime as EPMD, Dr. Fex, Red Man, K. Solo, and Keith Murray. It's what? That's what. So it's kind of, you know, hip-hop's kind of your fountain of youth because it sounds like you're, you know, almost more busy than than ever uh, <laughs> because it's fun because it's you against yourself now before yeah. you had to go to an industry you had a label you had marketing promotion you had an art department you had video now this is like yo how far can you go and when you speak in terms like that the first thing is your health you can have a big career you can have a lot of touring but if you're not taking care of your body if you don't have the right diet if you're not you know, getting enough sleep, then you can actually build something that can put you in the hospital or ultimately kill you. So that's where the balance comes in. But for me, I came up under the big dogs, like, you know, Sylvia Rowe, a Def Jam with Russell Simmons, Leo Cohen, you know, great attorney, uh, Jamie Roberts, you know, going back and forth, learning, Steve Rifkin. So now that we're here, it's kind of the same energy, in the same industry but only in the digital era so if you up for the work and you got a team that's up for the work and you love hip-hop then you're gonna be more than fine one of the things that and we've talked you and i've gone back and forth talk about the, the new digital era I, I had a um a really young artist get in contact with me on instagram and you know he was like i'm really trying to do this obviously i'm trying he's trying to teach himself everything which is awesome you know that now you can have your own computer teach yourself how to mix and you know do what you got to do but he was like should i give away a bunch of free music or you know should i get it on the stores especially if i have original beats and i said well you know the beauty of it is through TuneCore, cd baby now distro kid i know a lot of people are using distro kid is i said you can you know you might as well get it out there and and start collecting streaming money because you don't have to go through anybody to get your music to the stores nowadays which which is great now obviously that's just a, a minor part of the game you know uh, you know you still have to get some pr for your album like you said you still got to be reaching the people in person which i think is is huge what you said Dio, though the, the big you just hit the big point though the most important part is to make sure that your music is streaming because here's what's happening you can get that information in 2017 you can have about 200 300 songs but next thing you know is 2019 you didn't stream one song because you're still trying to learn where the business is and how this goes but the minute you realize what it is and you stop and you begin to stream your music then your streaming will run parallel to what you're doing on social media and to make a long story short before you used to have to have a and r or a hype man to say this guy's dope now your whole game is based upon your numbers on your social media so that should be the first focus that you're building on all this music i got in the computer should not be sitting here that should be the first plan of attack and then once you got that done, then that's when you start looking for the market and promotion. Then when you start looking for the video and stuff like that. Because what you're doing is, as you're loading your content up, you're allowing fans to get familiar with who you are. And then the more fans that come out, this is the new, this is how it goes now. Now, because you did your internet work, yo, you get a DM like, yo, uh, you know, you're streaming pretty heavily out here and... Um, Philadelphia, would you be available to come out and do a show in two months? 
That's how that goes. Uh, if you don't have your streaming up, then you're just basically out there talking. Yeah, run, running a treadmill. What, what did you prefer? Now, obviously, when units were being sold, there's a lot more. There was a lot more money in that. So, you know, not necessarily that as far as financial. But what did you prefer? Did you prefer the way it was back in the day, or do you like the accessibility and being able to reach your fans that quick? Yo, that's crazy. You should say that. I was on the phone with my man Tom J the other day, and we were talking about this. And the difference is, again, remember what I told you, you needed a hype man or you needed an A&R to go sell it. And then the, the people went by that, okay? But now, there's no talking. It's just strictly based upon your efforts and your investment and willing to be investing in yourself, okay? So I came through the industry where that was fun because that's all we knew. Yo, you do a demo. Yo, you want to get on the Mr. Magic World premiere or DJ Red Alert? Okay, bang. There's only a few independent labels, Sleeping Back Records, Profile Records, Jive Records, you know, Nervous Records. And then the majors was kind of playing the back. Then I dropped Day One Effects, started the hit squad. You see how the rest of this shit go. Now we a billion plus or whatever the case may be. People are getting this. Within the first part of dealing with labels that was fun like i said because that's all we knew but now it's kind of different like there's not as much red tape you can load up all your music you can load up all your instrumentals you're like more hands-on and you're like a, it's bigger than you can imagine because in your mind you're saying yo i'm uploading this to my to my database but what's happening and what we're seeing there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on that you couldn't even imagine that just uploading one song or instrumental, there's an audience that will show up that you didn't even know was there. Absolutely. I mean, the, de the demographics of clicking a mouse button of where your music goes, I mean, there's just really nothing that can repl <laughs> replace that, if you will. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And I, I you know, I remember when I first started rapping, you know, early 90s, as, as far as we wanted to go, I never thought that at a click of a button, I could get an instrumental or send an instrumental to somebody in Australia and, and network like that. Like, you know, with my music, I get all of a sudden I'll get a, a Spotify post up that says, hey, you know, you're you're trending in uh, New Zealand. And it's like, wow, like I didn't even know people knew me in New Zealand. All of a sudden there's a demographic there and a chance for you for you to actually explode over there and not even in your hometown yet. It, it's just it, it definitely is a you know, is amazing. Yo, and then that's the difference between back in the day when you had an independent label or you had a major behind you. You know, you would you would have to go to all of these states for a promo tour. You would have to carry all of these records for a promo tour or for actual concert crates. But with the technology, look, Toronto, and look, you upload one song, yo, you get a hit from Africa. You get a hit yeah. from Chile. Yo, we want you to come out here. So the whole point is you can work at your speed, but a lot of people have the misconception. Hey, I dropped one single, I'm good. Hey, I dropped one album, I'm good. No, you're not. Because you're in the running gun right now where the shit's moving the speed of light, and if you don't got catalog, you really ain't doing nothing. Yeah, I was actually having this conversation with a buddy of mine, and I said, you know, like what you had said a few minutes ago, you know, if the music's on your computer and done, it needs to be out, because I'd rather make money streaming 80 songs than eight no matter what that's going to be more money there's 80 different songs up there that people are going to listen to and with the information moving too fast they're going to go through that those eight songs within a couple of days and want to move on to hear something yeah you're right you're 100 right because that's how it goes one stream can do 
5,000. The other one could do 20,000. The other could do like 300,000. But when you start adding them all up, it adds up. So if you got one one song out there, Shark Jump, you ain't really doing nothing. And not to mention the momentum. It's like you got to be on the treadmill. But there's nothing wrong with that if hip-hop is truly your life. Like rap is something you do. Hip-hop is something you live. So yeah. if you focus like that, you'd be like, yo, I got to pop out about six, six, seven albums. All right? A minimum of like 40 tracks. And then even when you get your boat going, yo, if you take off a week or two, you now lost altitude. Do you think labels, you know, five, ten years from now are, are, are just going to be a little more, I mean, non-existent? Because, again, you can't, you know, what, one thing the label would do huge about it, besides the artist development part of it and everything back in the day, but was a lot of the PR, you know, public relations work to get the record out there. Now you can, you know, you can distribute your own record and pay a PR company to get you going and find your demographic and then concentrate on that area and do all that from, you know, obviously your, your computer or phone, you know, even in this case phone. But do you think labels or that big corporate spearhead are going to be less and less in the picture as time goes on? No, I definitely don't think that. I think that everybody was out to lunch, including us, because of what it took for this big push to build it from back there. Don't forget, I was around the time where they said this music was going to be fad, a fad and that is trash garbage music, which means it wouldn't have been no 2019. Nobody would be getting zero bread out here right now. I think that the EPFD breakup in 1992 threw a couple of things off. And in that, the energy got the move forward, but the foundation got still. And then new generations came in. It got to the point that when we came back and we was rebuilding the golden era, uh, Big Daddy Kane, like Greg, Rakim, yo, you know, we'd all would talk. And the bottom line is, yo, we kind of stopped working, kind of stopped writing, kind of stopped producing, kind of stopped touring, and we needed to get back to work. And in doing that, now look, that was several years ago. Now mm -hmm. we're flowing. I think that kind of happened, the same thing kind of happened to the majors. It got so big coming from the independent, hip hop went past a billion. And then before you know it, you had digital streaming companies come from nowhere and become real big in the game. But in my personal opinion, uh, from what I'm seeing, I don't think just because of the way the majors are set up and the way music is set up, what I see is uh, the majors making an effort to, if not be equal to what they see now, pass it. Nobody wants to cough up the rock and hand it over. How could music start with music and with hip-hop, and then in the future, when we're looking at it, wow, the people who was instrument instrumental in making it happen from a musical, artistic, and a business standpoint of view don't even have their hands on it no more, to be straight up. So the answer to the question, I think an effort is being made to compete on that level to bring a little more balance back uh, to the industry. I'm a firm believer that the, the labels, especially with the financial backing that big labels usually have and everything, that they'll always find some way to be, you know, be, be ahead of the game or, you know, at least a couple feet ahead of the game. No matter what. Yeah, well, if you look at it, the artists, too. Don't forget, these young cats is out there with million plus, two million plus. So the majors, once they start aligning and they get better with that, then they're already coming in the game because these artists already have the independent spirit. That's how Sleeping Bag got big. That's how Profile got big. That's how Def Jam got big. 
So everything does a 360. Yeah. And what was new was old, and what was old become new again. You know, the old time which told me that way back there. I see it now. I remember years ago when you were on Diefel Radio, one of the, one of the big things and, and points you made back then was, you know, everything is you know everything comes full circle eventually. And the key is, what do you do in between time when it does? That's the key. When everything goes down, and then you have your own perception. But then years later, yo, it does come to fruition. And then you're kind of looking at yourself like, wow, yo, you're getting down and you're getting busy. But yo, if you really, really knew this was going to happen, you may have could have had a thousand more songs. Now, I, I guess the the, the double-edged sword or, or the flip side to that coin for me sometimes is that because you do get Instagram followers, you know, etc., you do have some artists that are in the you know the spotlight that their antics are almost more famous than their music so they kind of put the persona or again antics whatever you want to call it first and then sometimes they don't care about the music as much because they're still getting paid off of people just looking what they do you know to act a fool sometimes i mean how, how do you how do you feel about that i mean do, when with your artists do you still make sure they focus directly on music and everything will come that's poor leadership Okay, because when you just look at the facts of J. Cole being under Jay-Z as a mentor, when you look at the facts of um, Kendrick Lamar being under Dr. Dre as a mentor, okay, you look at us with EPMD, with Das Effects and Redman being as a mentor, okay, now, it, again, it looks like when the leadership left, the new generations didn't know that part. We knew. We had Run DMC there, Jam Master J, checking us when we got sloppy. We had Public Enemy in the S1Ws, martial art experts right there. So it allowed us to have our fun in our youth, but also be mindful if you did get out of line. You know, you have real guys there that cared about the culture and you. So they'll be, you know, they will give you that advice. So you, if you took it, then you can go further. Okay. But here, they didn't. They don't understand that, yo, you're only here for temporary. Like Craig Mack said, you won't be around next year. So mm -hmm. it's what you do while you're in there. And if you knew how short your stay was, you wouldn't be um, exemplifying all the antics. You'll be focused more on the long run. You'll be more focused on catalog. Like while I have these people and I have the pulse, let me make sure you know, I can maximize on it. So that's the piece that they don't have. And that's why hip hop has been a 360 and you see what's going on out there. Yeah. Well, what's it like in, especially you're moving around as you are and very active. What's it like in New York and, and kind of the hip hop scene out there in 2019? Well, now it's coming back around because of the boom back. You know, I dropped business mentality. I wasn't scared to come like that. You know what I'm saying? I just seen a lot of pro tools, a lot of food loops, a lot of thin music and no soul in the music. And, you know, going from pro tools to warm tape. And uh, basically going from analog to digital, which to me, the music had no soul. Yeah. Okay. So now people are not going by what they see now. They're going by what they know. It's kind of like uh, when MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice was out there selling millions of records. It was okay because balance. EPMD dropped the crossover. So it was up for the hip-hop community to say, yo, now that's real hip-hop right there. The problem is when we stopped making music, it got one-sided. But now because the boom bap is making the comeback. Even the guys of this era, you see French Montana did a dope song with Slick Rick. 
You see the emergence, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You see J. Cole sit down with Little Pump after Triple X uh, was killed. Prior to these events, there was no communication. It was just yeah. like, yo, that's old school music and that's old heads. But then when they started to lose their people, like we lost Pac and Diggy, then the lines of communication started to open. So you got pop music, you got radio music, and then now we're back to where, where before crossover, yo, we survived on college radio. And magazines like The Source and Word Up and Right On that came out every three months. I think The Source was every month, but the other ones was every three months. Yeah. Yep. So you got, you got the, there's the difference between like in basketball, you got a running gun and you got a two, three zone. We come from the two, three zone where you drop a magazine, three months later it comes out. In order to drop an album, you got to hand that out. If you want it to come out in June, May, April, March. We would have to hand the album in March in order for it to come out in June. That's the way it went when we was in the zone. But because of success and making it happen in technology, we're now in a running gun. You don't have to wait three months. You're done with your album, you upload it, the universe has it. The question is, are you prepared and will you stay healthy enough to keep up with your own creation? Or at the end, will it ultimately kill you? And then there's also you wake up one day and DJ Premier says, here, here's a new Gangstar album. Right, something that you was used to hearing every day that was kind of soothing because he spoke the truth. He wasn't like, I'm this. I'm just writing what I'm seeing, like the, uh, what do you call it? The messenger. Yeah, for sure. But now what happened was it turned from that to the gladiator. It looks like people back in the early 70s who created hip hop to get out the streets, you know what I mean? To stay away from the negative shit. Now it looks like when we were gone, that's what was glorified. To be like, yo, fellas, y'all can go up that road if you want, but we've been there and we've done that. That's on y'all. But here's some jewels. You have conversations. Because that's the big thing. Like, you know, this generation, like with us, people had to really approach Eric and I with caution just because of the persona and their perception. Well, these young cats are very smart. And they walking around with the mentality like nobody did shit for us. Family ain't do nothing. You know, you guys who was in the fucking industry before us got here, y'all didn't do shit. And matter of fact, y'all walked away and we had to figure it out. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I, I see situations like the 6ix9ine cat who wanted to live the street life. You kind of found out he really wasn't about that, obviously. And there's really, you know, there's really people, you know, doing some some really big, big numbers in time behind the walls from all this. And then you hear, you know, a week later when he gets out, he's got a $10 million contract. And that's kind of what I was saying about how the negative stuff is out there. But maybe, you know, if he had a big homie back in the, you know, back then to be like, hey, this, you know, if you really want to do this music, this might not be the route that you want to take. The, the whole 6 9 situation was, you know, just flooded the, the, you know, all the blogs and, you know, just everywhere with it. But to me, I think it's a bigger deal that there was a lot of people destroyed around that than to be like, well, hey, you know, we'll sign him for, you know, we'll sign him for a $10 million record or whatever, you know, whatever it is after that kind of, you know, kind of feels like to me, if he would have had a little guidance, it might be different. Now, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I'm also the type that, you know, I can't say, hey, you should be doing this type of music. Like, I, I don't let people tell me what type of music I need to be doing. So, you know, I would never do that to anybody else. But, you know, I just I just kind of feel that whole situation is real sad, not only for the families affected, but just kind of hip hop in general. Okay, but it's the same thing. It's the same play. It's the same play over and over. So after a while, you look at it and you'd be like, okay, 
You know, there's how was Six Nine or his team going to do anything if the leadership and the foundation wasn't there to look at as a reference before they left the gate? When we came in, we said, oh, there goes Run DMC. Oh, there goes Eric and Rakim. Yo, there goes Will Smith and the Fresh Prince with Charlie Mack was about six, seven in bone play. Okay. So even if we was young and wanted to get fly, if we put ourselves in a position where we was going to mess up the Runs House tour, mess up Runs money, mess up Will Smith before he became Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, mess up Publican, it wasn't going to happen. So those guys had no template to go by. They had the talent, they had the energy, and they had the know-how, not to mention six nines of tourists. So I know how that goes with the tourist uh, energy. If they're the first of their kind through that tunnel, if they're the first to break ground, you are now coming from the real world into the medium, setting the tone, and everybody's following you. The question is, if you don't have a template, when you do get to your destination, what are you going to do? You're going to learn at the end of the day, business is business. That's why it's coming back around with the 10 M's. The world was here before we got here. The world's going to be here when we got. Everything is right there in front of you for you to see. The real question, and I've always lived by this from my day one coming in the game. What's going to make you different? What are you going to do different for the musicians before you who gave it 150 but came up short but left the opportunity for you? Are you going to do the same thing they did? Well, that don't make no sense because in the 60s and the 70s and in the 80s, they didn't have access to the money we had, to the technology we had, or just all the resources. And this is what, uh, this is what we're seeing now. Are you ahead of the change or are you right in there? But that's the difference between knowing and not knowing. You know the game, Lansky. You know how it goes. Poor communication yeah. tears empires down. It sure does. And yo, you come, nobody's messing with you when nobody's there. Nobody's messing with your man. Nobody's messing with you. They don't want to hear nothing. Then the minute when you'll spark it off and you know, you got the cat and mouse. Yeah, and I noticed too, even in 2019, I still go to shows. Obviously, when last time you guys came to LA, you know, I met up with you a little while ago and I still do the shows and I, I realize being backstage at a lot of these shows and networking with the, with the artists such as yourselves like I do, it is still kind of a, a tight, close community, you know, to where if you do something somewhere, they'll probably hear about it at the next show in the next city. You know, there's the, the, there's the same people, the same circles. It, it's still so, hip hop's still such a tight community that, you know, one, one little thing can definitely ruin a lot for you. Well, that's what we learned. That's the whole point. When there was no attention on us, then you can build stuff. Okay, that's why it's my thing. Yo, listen to it. You're a customer. Okay, you got to chill. So what you're saying, always responding to the universe and what they say. I'm mad. Okay, now I'm on the rampage. Hey, that ain't right. There goes the crossover. Yo, cats losing the money, gold digger. Like you always stayed center to speak from a standpoint of view if God ever gave you the opportunity to represent. And then it goes to the main source. Then but they yo, I'm looking at the front door. He was looking yeah. at it because he was representing. He was doing what he was supposed to do. But every time he got there, like me at the crossover, yo, why come, how come hip hop gave y'all the crown, but you're not repping? I want to focus on you real quick, especially with new music and everything you're doing. What, what has changed for you as far as preparing to do an album, executing the album, you know, just the whole process? Has, has anything changed for you in the way you do it? Uh, yeah, I have a better understanding of self. 
So before we was up there trying to climb this mountain because nobody was representing hip hop. So you come through with It's My Thing, you come through with uh, Strictly Business, then you bring K-Solo through, then you bring Redman through, then you bring Dos Effects through. But then when that's the template and that becomes the paradigm for music and business, yo, you have to, you have to record and handle business from a different perspective because of just where the game is at the time. So you know all of our titles were business. You know, you see all the classic hits and stuff like that. So to run past that and not acknowledge that, then you're kind of doing an injustice and you're not staying within the line for where the people said, you know what, I like that, it's my thing, you're custom. I like that strictly business. I'm an EPMD fan. And then once they become a fan, the next thing you know, you shoving something else down their throat. And then they put you on the marquee for a show, and then you come out and you start doing your new songs that nobody knows. I know what people expect when we show up from a business standpoint of view and a music standpoint of view. And, and what's that like, you know, still being on the road? I know the, the European tour you did not too long ago was extremely successful. I mean, how, how does that feel still this long in the game, still seeing the sold out crowd, still seeing the love from the fans? How, how does that feel? Well, that's the beauty and the blessing because there's nothing like hands-on and that's the difference between getting up and jumping in the studio and recording an album from your own personal perception or, you know, hopping on the jet, going to knock out 10 countries and have people who've been supporting you since 1987. You know, you sign your vinyl, they bring you up to speed, you feel the energy in the show from real, for real, up front, and that's the perspective I feel you should go into the studio from. So when you go out to the road, it's a lot better when it's hands-on. And yeah. as, yo, I'm so, my logo's big, this is what it is. Now, life is too serious. So 2020, you mentioned you're going to be on the road again. What's that tour going to be like? Who is it involving? Well, now it's cool because they say, you know, work uh, less harder and much smarter. So with all the work that Eric and I have done and with all our contributions to hip-hop, we're now at the point where we're open-minded to do our thing, but be also open-minded to let other producers and artists who, you know, who support us shine in so we can put out the best product. That's where we at right now. So instead of us out there getting big, uh, you know, wearing ourselves down, yo, we have the hit squad and the death squad, and I think it's time to activate that. I know E has been very busy. He dropped an album this year as well, which was, you know, kind of like hearing the Gangstar album, like kind of like hearing your new stuff. It's just, it's kind of refreshing in, in this type of world, but it, but it's definitely good to see, you know, you guys busy and working and happy. I, I, I guess that's as a fan and, you know, step out of my, my host realm real quick, but as a fan, I like to see the people I grew up listening to happy to do music again. I, I mean, I do think there was kind of a stale point where some of the people I grew up with, you know, they almost didn't want to make music. I know a lot of the west coast people that i'm around here that are from your era you know they were almost you know not even excited about to do music just because of everything else was going on but you definitely got to block that out and just be you yo you just hit it on the head right here it was the atmosphere and the climate that we came back to that was bringing forth that energy but once you got the legs moving you know that's what they taught us we're from that team like, we're from that work that day. There's nothing you can do about that. The LL Cool J Nitrous Tour, like, you know, all the Def Jam stuff, Sleeping Bag, Loud Record. We were having this conversation at the studio the other day about LL Cool J, and I, I said, uh, I wish some of these younger kids knew how dope 
<laughs> LL Cool J was as far as I was growing up. You know, he was one of the deadliest on the mic. A lot of the younger crowd only kind of sees him as an actor nowadays. You know, even some of the, the softer stuff he did in the 2000s, they haven't even heard that. But I, I was telling this youngster in the studio the other day, I was like, man, there was there was a time where LL Cool J was just, the, you know, one of the baddest ever. Yo, Cool J is one of the, he's still one of the baddest. That's one dude you can never sleep on. LL Cool J ain't done. So, yo, the, uh, what do you call it? The stage is just being set right now. You understand? Yep. He's one of the moments that you got to really look at. Who was Absolutely. able to transcend through all of these generations in these times. And then take it to the movies. And then take it to the sitcom where you can see him every day. But make no mistakes about it. Again, that form wasn't there. Cool J checked in. He came in and did, what was it, the Men's of Mics or something like that? Yeah, something, something like no, that, yeah. Kings of Mics. Kings he of Mics, yep. Through, put a tour together, sold everything out, bought Chuck and Cube, and did it. But hip-hop wasn't ready yet. It still was whatever, whatever. Now, I think probably like a year, a year and a half from now, when the scene is set, there's no question. He's just one of those artists. But you have to take the hat off because if there's anyone who did it, and it's Fat Joe right now. Now, Fat Joe is on the music side of it. Getting yeah. it in from our era, in the now, in the Bronx, is not playing. So when you say, well, what's going on with the, new, the, the music scene in New York? Yo, the Bronx has been getting it in. I think people forget, too, how long Fat Joe's been around as well. I mean, you still see him on a current track, a current single. But, I mean, he's just... He, you know, the, he's been in the game for so long. I mean, that's that's an absolute veteran of hip hop right there. Again, Joe, because there's a connection and his pinnacles and the love that he showed, even if Joe put his mic down for a while, he still have components of Terror Squad moving around. Now, he just showed back up. And that's the dope part. That's what they call full circle. You know, you got the big pun. You got the Cuban links. You got the Remy Ma. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's all types of pieces. And then you got Joe himself. And then now Joe has returned on the music side, but also been introduced to the movie scene. At the end of the day, if you really love this, then it'll be shown in your work ethics. So to see LL and Fat Joe there, yo, you know what time it is. It's just a matter of time. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't even have to be for music. It yes. just so happened that our culture, hip-hop, the foundation, it looks like we have more of the crossover and the pop and not the authentic hip-hop, and it looks like that's changing quickly. Who are some of the artists, the newer artists that stand out in your mind right now? Wow, this is that's a great question. Uh, a Boogie with the hoodie. Nice, yep. Okay, I like him. We just did a show with him at the Garden. Uh, I love Davey's energy, okay, mm -hmm. and his songs and his work ethics, okay? J. Cole simply because he's different. You know, he's a dope MC, but he's also a great storyteller. I agree with you on that 100%. You got Kendrick Lamar, you know, of course everybody loves him for the music and, you know, for the obvious videos and stuff like that. Songs that stick out to me is Be Humble, Sit Down. You know, mm -hmm. that's equivalent, that's a big, to me, that's equivalent to the crossover. But in a different aspect, saying something else. Yo, we said don't cross over because, yo, gone out of here. Peace, nice to know you. Okay? If you want a long career, you might want to be mindful. He said the same thing. If you ain't humble and you don't sit down, 
then you're doing all of that music and all that business for nothing because you're going to blow your shit. Which is actually what you was what you were touching on earlier. You know what I'm saying? So somebody from that generation fired off, and that was a big record. Okay, but then you got the artists like us. Look at Big Daddy Kane. He went up to Mount Funk Master Flex and bodied the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing that. Ooh, I remember seeing that. Because he comes up on my feet, so people keep sending it around. But it's the point that Big Daddy Kane went up there with these errors, chat, and got on the mic, and from uh, a one to a hundred, he got a hundred. And you know, I, I recently just did a song with Dana Dane. He just hasn't lost anything. You know, it, it's just so great. And like I said, there may have been a, a mute point. As far as, like you said, you, you, you back up, you recollect, you reload, you do it. But being in him with the studio, and I was just like, wow, like nothing is the, I mean, he's still as, as vibrant as he was when he first started. Yo, and why is that? Because it's how he's living. And that's how the old timer said, how you living is going to determine. If you don't have a foundation, then you're just building this for nothing. Because Dana Day, when you talk about Dana, that's 100% correct. Yo, nightmares, and I didn't even have a contract. Was driving my pops car, but waiting. That's when hip hop was only on for an hour. You know, you couldn't yeah. find it everywhere. You had to wait for Friday and Saturday, one hour. If your song didn't get played, you had to wait for the next weekend. We made the effort and we helped build it. So you owe it to yourself to be of sound mind in the present to really understand your contribution as a pioneer, what you did, and then more importantly, to be part of this technology era moving forward in hip-hop because you already did the work. Majors already invested millions of dollars in your logo. So why wouldn't you show back up in the technology era and represent your music that you did in the past? And more importantly, yo, a new single, you'd be surprised what it does. Music is the small part of the business now, but the most important part. You can't really approach corporate or try to do anything if you're showing up like a shadow of your past self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You need to have some, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? You can go left, but when you look at new kids in the block, before they came back, they did a new song. Not every night their stuff is sold out. What's the last song they sing? The new song they did. People's like, yeah, yeah those kids are here right now. One of, one of my good friends now in the game is Big Hutch from uh, the group Above the Law. And one of the things he he always says is, you know, I'm I'm in the business of music. I, I never just try to be in the music business, <laughs> you know. But it's 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 true. I mean, you really this is a business at the end of the day when it comes down to it. All day before there was hip hop, it was a business. This is all a business. Everything is a business. It just so happened that hip hop is the you know hip hop is the real. This is what it is, and how you live and determines your longevity. In this game. So before we, we, we let you get, get on, because I know you're busy, go ahead and, re, and, and get and refresh us from the beginning of the interview, the new albums, the new artists, everything that it, that is new and fresh right now so our listeners can, can you know, go grab it, look forward to it, anticipate it. The floor is yours. Okay, well, one, next year I got the book coming out, Strictly Business, the book, The Golden Era Through the Eyes of Paris Smith. Two, I have the Hit Squad Music Group, which is on deck and in line. Okay, with RJ the Realist and um, the mixtape coming out is called RoboDoc. That's coming out Thanksgiving. And then I have Mr. Slowfo Part 2 coming out on Hit Squad Digital uh, Thanksgiving. So I'm basically dropping two albums on Thanksgiving to set everything up for the year 2020. 
And then on top of that, Eric and I throwing it around in the studio, getting a single on deck. And then we leave to Europe, I think, February 23rd. And hearing about new EPMD music is incredibly exciting, by the way. Not that, you know, anything that you have going isn't exciting, but you know that, again, like seeing a new Gangstar album, stuff like that. That's just incredibly exciting for the fans and for really music. I mean, you guys are still here making history. Yeah, well, that's the beauty because you got to be a realist. There's no front. You know, a lot of people off point and whatever they do, and that's cool. But the reality, like if you have like, let's take Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. Okay, you know that. I want to watch you bleed. Nah, 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 nah. Yo, the stadium is sold out. But now Axl's part of a new group. Okay. Yeah. Wow, it's doing good. The music sounds good. No pun intended or nothing like that. But it's not Guns N' Roses. No, and, and you know, uh, Slash has a a very successful band called Velvet Revolver that is Duffy from Guns N' Roses and, and Matt, I forget his last name, but the drummer from Guns N' Roses. And they stay on tour and have been, you know, very successful, but you're 100% right. It's not Guns N' Roses. I actually, my wife and I, two years ago, I believe it was, went and, went and saw Guns N' Roses in Las Vegas with all the original members. And it was absolutely in incredible. Oh my gosh. Right, and that's the same thing with us. Like, you know, me, yo, don't get me wrong. So everything we're doing is great. I take it as what we're doing is practicing for what we're about to do. I've always looked at it like that. Yeah, but at sure. the end of the day, people love EPMD, the logo. People love Eric Sermon and Paris Smith, and they love the Hit Squad and the Death Squad. So ultimately, it looks like Wu-Tang is back already. They doing what they doing. It looks like the Juice Crew's back. They doing what they doing, you know? time to go so we ready to go man that's incredible to hear that's incredible to hear well we really really appreciate you taking the time here at what's the word podcast obviously like before you always have a home here i wish you nothing but the best obviously and i know 2020 gonna be a lot of fun for you and a lot of fun for the fans and again i think that's what it boils down to too even with the business we still gotta have fun if you're not having fun you shouldn't be doing it before hip-hop was exciting okay and then it got to the point where it turned into work, all right? But when you stick close to the love of the music, then everything else falls in place. And I, 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 I've actually heard that a lot, that a lot of the, the people I grew up listening to were basically saying, you know, man, it, it, it became, you know, it just became work. And, it, you know, you like, you know, I never thought I'd get to the point where I dreaded going to the studio. Yo, exactly. <laughs> Yo, what happened to fun? It used to be fun. Yeah. Not that, you know, not to glorify like drinking 40s or smoking weed or nothing like that, but that's what the youth do. So yeah. where's the fun to where the three tour buses show up? You know what I mean? And you got 30 cities in front of you. That was my introduction. That's the run house tour. Like we would come into cities and ride. The fire department would pick us up. And we would yeah. ride all through the city on the back of the fire trucks and stuff like that. Then go to all the Nike outlets. Then we would watch Run DMC get the key to the city, and then you would go to a venue of the capacity of about 30,000 people. You know, but it's grown since then. You had the Dr. Dre's and the MNs come through. You have yeah. some of them even go to Wembley Stadium. It's just all about the communication and putting the right package together. And let me tell you about someone who stayed con completely consistent and still rocks the show. Your boy Redman is still out there acting a damn fool. Let me tell you. That it's like that man is 20, 21 years old for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, because Reggie got it. But Reggie yeah. then had it. Like he 
like, you know, Reggie's like one of the, the babies of the crew. It doesn't yeah. matter how old he is or how much songs he did or how many years he's been in here. Like when Redman came in here, he came at like the perfect time. So he exemplifies that energy. He got to see me and E, you know what I mean? He gets to go back and forth with meth, you know? And then on top of that, the way he takes care of himself health-wise. Reggie always had that. That's why anyway, you know, Eric and I can support him. We're always here for him. Absolutely. Well, once again, really appreciate you taking the time. As new things happen, please come back and, you know, share it with us. Is there any last words you want to give to, to the people? Anything I left out? Uh, yes. Just always believe in yourself. You know what I'm saying? And if you got a plan, stick to it. Like, I got this big commercial out that comes on a gazillion times. It starts with one guy talking in the video, two guys talking. Before you know it, it's a billion people talking, and you're looking at all these different frames. And then they just disappear, and it gets quiet. And then on the frame of the TV, it comes up and says, believe in your own game. And that makes too much sense, because if you're looking at a billion videos, you get lost, because there's so much stuff out there, you can get lost in it. You go from having fun to somebody smacking you in the face to wake you up to sip some Avion, because you overdid it, you fell out. You ain't eat. You ain't eat breakfast, your diet is whack, you done did five shows, and it's a wrap. Yo, you respect the blessing, you'll be fine. Well, once again, salute to you, my friend. It's always good catching up with you. I know the fans cannot wait. You know, congrats on all your success through, through your whole career. E EPMD, mark my words, will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know what? That is so cool to hear, you know? It, it's without a doubt. It's without a doubt. Yeah. And Alex and I had an incredible conversation yesterday. We had a real EPFD conversation. Like, yo, we ready. It's like full circle. Well, that's definitely what we want to hear. Much love. Be safe on your travels. And we will definitely be talking soon. What's the word podcast live with the man himself, PMD. Yes, what's the word? Relax your mind, let your conscience be free. Get down to the sounds of your PMD. While you should keep quiet, while the MC rap. If you're tired, go take a nap. Okay, peace, Lance. Peace, Lance. Peace, Lance. Peace.